BYU Sports Nation. Put your hands together for spring break at BYU. Enjoy your one day off. Our guys are ready for spring break tomorrow. <laughs> for one day at BYU, so I'm glad they're take advantage of it. NFL prospect Sione Takitaki joins the program. Does he expect to be drafted? Plus a comeback for the ages by BYU Volleyball to preserve an unbelievable streak. Let's go. Off oh, the block, BYU line. with a chance to complete Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. How's it? Happy spring break, BYU Sports Nation. The party's here on the west side. One day. We are live in <laughs> Studio B with your day-to-day play-by-play presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. March 15th, wherever and however you're connected, party on. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with vintage garden gnome collector, Jerem Jordan. We have a uh, deli gnome on the set. Um, We've talked about this, right? We thought about throwing it off a building. We thought that might be a little dangerous, so here it is. We noticed the other day, we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, and you brought this up, Spencer. Is it any coincidence that we have a deli gnome on the set and then St. Mary's upsets the number one team in the country, Gonzaga, for the oh. West Coast Conference tournament title? Interesting. Is it a coincidence, Jerem? Was Jordan Ford really good? Or was it combined with a little accidental BYU Sports Nation karma? <laughs> you know what? We need to bring in the St. Mary's play-by-play man, Alex Jensen, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Our friend of me. To get insight into the power of the deli gnome combined with BYU Sports Nation karma. Alex, how much credit do you give to the Deli Gnome being in Studio B as to how the Gales pulled off the improbable and knocked off Gonzaga, the number one team in the country, to get that auto bid? Ooh, the Deli Gnome. Uh, I don't know about the Deli. I did talk to you guys, like, right before the game, though, right? I mean, weren't we having a discussion? So, yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, the I discussion the deli- being like, could uh, Gonzaga win four on five? That was the discussion I brought up. <laughs> 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 and the answer is they exactly. couldn't win five on five. Yeah. <laughs> It must have been like, you know, trained like, I, mean, I don't know, when you guys like rubbed the deli gnome before you left, you know, Utah, and then, uh, or maybe one of you guys had it in your pocket. Yeah, why not? The, the transfer of the karma was complete when we'd spoke before the game, but knowing that deli gnome was back here, I just can't get over the fact that St. Mary's loses by 48 in Spokane and then holds Gonzaga to 47 total points in the next matchup. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, I... <laughs> If you ask anybody if you saw that coming, nobody, 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 not even in the same, I, I, probably not even the same Mary's locker room would say we'd hold them to 47 points. I think they believe that they, they could win, but not holding them to 47 points. That is, that's crazy. Well, congratulations. Not even Delhi. Not even Delhi. Yeah, not even Delhi, seriously. <laughs> well, congrats. Uh, we'll see what seed you get on Sunday, and uh, thanks for the time, as always, man. Uh, thanks, fellas. It was great seeing you guys this weekend again. You it was got fun. it. Thanks, Alex. All right, guys. Take care. The voice of the Gales on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. That might be our Can, earliest phone guest in the yeah, history of the show. Is. Can we destroy this now or what? <laughs> no. There, there's like this weird It didn't vibe. help BYU. I don't care about well, this. Well, BYU beat St. Mary's in Provo once we got the Delhi Gnome. So... So we're keeping it? Is that what you're saying? Until BYU loses to St. Mary's again head-to-head, I think we should keep the Delhi. Do we need a San Diego gnome to get the bad juju from that one out? Maybe. Jeez. I don't know. 
All right. Deli Gnome is going back in its proper place for the show. Thanks again to Alex Jensen. This is how we do a Friday show, people, on spring break. NFL hopeful and former BYU linebacker Siani Takitaki joins us. What's more difficult, doing the actual drills at the Combine or handling interviews from the likes of John Elway? We'll ask him in 15 minutes. What's the chance BYU gets an invite to the NIT, Jerem? The NIT bracketologist John Templin gives us a specific number on BYU's chances in about 30 minutes. Plus, this man called it last night. BYU volleyball upsets UCLA in the most improbable, crazy, dramatic comeback fashion. Setter Brody Ernest, the third stringer off the bench to lead the way. He joins us in 40 minutes. We've got an incredible show lineup. And here are your Friday BYUSN headlines. BYU spring football at the midway point, just in time for spring break. Quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick with no Zach Wilson. What do you think of the three quarterbacks actually competing in this spring? And Jaron, I thought, had a really good day. And Joe made a couple of nice plays as well. And Baylor does something every day that just keeps him in the mix. He's a, he's a super athlete, super athletic kid. And uh, so he's, he's intriguing. Jaron Hall, Joe Critchlow, Baylor Romney all getting some reps. The Cougars will most certainly enjoy their break, if you can call it that, before practice resumes on Monday. Number nine, BYU men's volleyball beat number four UCLA in five sets, 17-15 after trailing 2-0 and 13-7 in the third. I said the wheels are off. From that point, BYU goes on an 18-7 run, wins that set, gets it to five, and wins dramatically after two UCLA match points. In the third set, third string setter Brody Ernest entered the match, and BYU somehow won it. Incredible. Oh, the block. BYU block. with a chance to complete the It reminded me of the 2013 MPSF semifinals where BYU came back down 2-0 to UCLA. And UCLA's losing streak continues in Provo. More on that later. BYU hosts number 6 Pepperdine tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. If BYU wins that, the Cougars are in second place. Time to show out in the Smithfield House. BYU baseball drops their West Coast Conference opener 4-2 in Provo against Gonzaga in 11 innings. Game two between the Cougars and Zags tonight at 8 Eastern. They'll wrap the three-game series tomorrow at 3 Eastern, 1 Mountain, both games live on BYU Radio. And number 14, BYU Gymnastics. Regular season finales tonight as they host the Flippin' Birds of Southern Utah on senior night for Cheyenne Hill and Natasha Marsh. Watch it on BYU TV and the app at 9 Eastern time. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball still holding on to hope of playing in the National Invitation Tournament. According to John Templin's NIT bracket, BYU is the second-to-last team in the field of 32. Oh, boy. And listed as a seven seed. Jerem, why will... Or why won't BYU get invited to the NIT? Let's each take a side here. I'll present why, you present why not. Yes. We'll talk to John Templin, by the way, coming up. Okay, uh, why BYU will? Two-time champs of this tournament in 1951 and 1966. An illustrious history. Yes. Uh, two-time semifinalist in 2016 and 13, recently, by the way. It'd be the fourth year in a row in the tournament. Last few years have been one and done, but BYU's been in the tourney. They're familiar. 19-13 and 13 this season with a WCC quarterfinal loss by 23 to San Diego. But this team finished second in the West Coast Conference, okay? Ken Palm has WCC as the number eight league in America. Two-bid NCAA tournament team. It's going to be a uh, league. Two-bid NIT bid. 
bid league potentially with San Francisco. Four quality basketball teams in the league, right? The league was up in non-con. Quality wins for BYU over Utah State. That's a quad one win. Uh, St. Mary's a quad two one, uh, win. Uh, BYU perhaps looks like a team that you wouldn't want to invite late, but I would submit that you should invite BYU. That's that's the argument for. There you go. Is that my opinion? No. I'm just presenting the four <laughs> argument, okay? Hey, man. I don't think BYU should be in. It's going to be all good. Yeah. Put on the easygoing blue goggles. BYU is going to get into the NIT. It's going to be fantastic. I don't actually think this is the case. That's just the argument. BYU's chances are minimal. (laughs) And you know I am the one that typically is tooting that horn. Hey, hang on to hopes, man. BYU (laughs) probably has about as much of a chance of getting into the NIT as BYU Volleyball had of beating UCLA last night when they were down 13-7 to and two sets to none in the third set. snap. It's going to take something special like that. And I know you bring up the illustrious past in jest. Because it's all about <laughs> what's happening ago. now, right? Yeah. BYU needs so much help this weekend. The percentages just aren't that good of hoping every small conference regular season champion goes on to win their conference tournament championship because the regular season champs have auto bids into the NIT. So you need these small conference regular season winners to do what hasn't happened a ton chalk. in the past. Yeah, you need chalk. You, you got to go chalk, and, and there's just so many pieces. So the percentages aren't really good. If you want more of something, do more. Do it more, right? Yeah. Is that the answer for the BYU football offense? <laughs> in an interview with Jason Shepard on the show this week, running back Lupini Katoa discussed the change in the Cougar O. Um, I feel like we're going to be really fast-paced and score a lot of points. Um, we're pushing the tempo every day, and... And the more plays you run, the more opportunities you have to score. So I think that's where we're, where we're headed towards right now. Okay, and we know they visited UC Davis, Dan Hawkins, former Boise State coach. Uh, more pace, more plays, more points, question mark. Mm-hmm. Spencer, is a faster offensive pace the answer to a perhaps more productive BYU offense? Well, it can't hurt because BYU, until the last six games, were really slow on offense. And even then, they kind of became just normal once Zach Wilson took over. So when they did go fast-paced and put Wilson back in the shotgun and started to run with some tempo, things seemed to go better. And this kind of has been the case study of success for BYU in recent memory with John Beck and Max Hall and Riley Nelson and Taysom Hill. Like, they've done some good things on offense. When BYU went slower, for the most part, the offense died down you run less plays you have less opportunity to break a big one and put up points on the board it can't hurt I don't know if it's the answer but I would much rather have BYU running with some pace than not based on the recent past some people say I don't care what offense you run as long as you win that's not true that's not true you want to see a lot of offense you want to see an exciting brand of football this is BYU man we pass the ball that's what we do like the runs there for sure but it's, it's in our DNA, as Steve Young said, okay? Last year, in spite of seven uh, you know, better games on offense, BYU still finished 100th in total offense and 78th in points, 78th in points per play. This was not a dynamic, free-flowing, fun, uh, high-scoring offense. They're trying to change that, and pace is the answer to that for the BYU team. I don't know if it's the right answer. All I know is, as long as it beats Utah, I'm going to love it, okay? And I think that... BYU has the guys to do it. However, doesn't BYU have the big offensive linemen that aren't necessarily the pace kind of guys? They went away from that. Ty Detmer brought in a blue ocean strategy 
to try and do a, a kind of a slower uh, run heavy offense that was going to be different than everybody like Stanford. And he wasn't necessarily given the time to do it. And BYU struggled so mightily that BYU fired uh, Ty Demmer. BYU was in the bottom 20 of offensive tempo and plays called until Zach Wilson took over. And even then it only went up to, I think number 99 out of yeah. 130 teams when the season was over. Unless you're not scoring a lot. Who doesn't want 49 points? And I know that's what they did in the bowl game, but when you run more plays, you have more opportunities to strike the big one. Yeah, and it's good against Western Michigan. It might not be the same against Tennessee, USC, Washington, Utah. I don't like, care. It might be tougher, you know? Like you. How many plays BYU runs in the season opener as long as it results in a win? And how many days away is that? Countdown to the youths. 167. Syncopation when was a little it- weird there again. No, it was great. No, 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 no. Meaning like we were fine, but yeah. it's just a little bit tricky to get that. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. We're to the, the point where downbeat. we don't even discuss no. how to say to. it because we've done this four different yes. times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jerem, maybe you saw it last night. I, I don't did. know. I did. Because I you were courtside. BYU Volleyball pulls off an improbable comeback last night. The match against UCLA was all but over, man. Mm-hmm. Down two sets to none, trailing 13-7 to seven in the third set. Come on. It's over. Please. Against the fourth-ranked team in the country, hadn't lost an MPSF match, but somehow, someway, BYU does it. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. I like streaks, and BYU men's volleyball has an outstanding one going against UCLA. They won 15 consecutive home matches against the Bruins, dating back a decade. It's unbelievable. If UCLA, UCLA so can't good. win last night, <laughs> then maybe they'll never win. I don't know when don't they're going to be ever play in BYU Pro Bowl in Pro Bowl. Yeah. It's one of the more crazy streaks happening in BYU athletics right now. But in the history of BYU sports, Jerem, what is the craziest streak? Is this besides losing to Utah eight in a row? Because that's the craziest one. Yeah, other than that. The answer to me is BYU's string of All-American quarterbacks. They had five All-American quarterbacks in a six-year string, starting mm-hmm. in 79 with Mark Wilson, two years with Jim McMahon, uh, Steve Young's junior no, but a senior yes, 83, and then Robbie Bosco. Five and six years, three of those were consensus All-Americans. That will never be done again. Like what Oklahoma's doing with Baker Mayfield and now Kyler Murray, back-to-back Heismans, is unbelievable. But they're not going to have five All-American quarterbacks in six years. That's nuts. There's the consecutive games without being shut out. That's an amazing streak that went on for decades. There's the consecutive games of the touchdown pass that was unbelievable. But I'm going to go with the golden era like you, just with a different spin. 25 consecutive wins in college football from 1983 after the season opener all the way to the win over Boston College in the kickoff classic to open up the 1985 season. BYU won 25 college football games in a row. That is so hard to do. It's so hard to go undefeated in one season. BYU essentially went undefeated in back-to-back seasons, if you add it all up. Yeah. That's crazy. It was crazy. UCF won 25 in a row before losing the bowl game to LSU. That was an incredible right? streak. Yeah. This doesn't happen very often. Yeah, that to me is the craziest streak. There are a bunch, but 25 straight games. Shout out to the golden age of BYU football Stats in the 80s. Losers. No, that stat is what? definitely for a winner. And a bunch of winners. Our question of the day. What's the most impressive streak in the history of BYU sports? We want to hear what you think. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. 
This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Colonel underscore James 83 and on Twitter, BYU football went 24-0, he says. It was actually 25-0. During the years 1983 through the national championship year of 1984 to the start of 1985, it's very hard to go undefeated in one season, but that stretch is impressive. From 79 to 92, BYU beat Utah 13 out of 14 times, by the way. <laughs> Utah acts like there's never been a streak. But it wasn't. But the rivalry. Yes, it was always a rivalry. And the margin was larger than what it's It was been. always a rivalry, people. Yeah. If BYU and Utah can get through that, they can get through this. Coming up, what's it like to be in the room with NFL guys like John Elway and Jerry Jones? Sione Takitaki had that experience and will tell us all about it next. Where does he think he's going to get drafted? This is BYU Sports Nation. Who's ready for some Cougar-packed sports action here on BYU-TV? First, watch the women's gymnastics team take to the rings, bars, and mat against Southern Utah. Live coverage starts tonight at 7 Mountain. Then, cheer on the men's volleyball team as they seek to protect their home court against Pepperdine. Live tomorrow at 7 Mountain. Cougar Nation is alive and well here on BYU-TV. Catch up anywhere, anytime at BYUtv.org or the BYUtv app. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the 14th-ranked BYU Cougars of gymnastics host the 25th-ranked Southern Utah Flippin' Birds on BYU TV and the app. Nine Eastern time tonight. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It's spring break, man. Life is great. What does that mean for a BYU student? I don't know. What do, what do, they, what do they do today? It's spring day. They wouldn't. Do. So I've seen tweets from people that are like, hey, I don't have classes on Friday, so this doesn't, isn't anything for me. <laughs> Sleep. Sorry. It's spring sleep day for Mm -hmm. a lot of BYU students. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is NFL hopeful, BYU linebacker great, and a man who is moving up every single draft board we can possibly think of, Sione Takitaki. Sione, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Missed you guys. Hey, we miss you, man. We missed your musk as well. <laughs> How do you celebrate spring break day, Sione? Um, thinking back on my time, I'd, 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 it would be a sleep day. I'd be sleeping, catch up on my Z's, and and um, definitely got to work out or something. But I don't remember my spring break being too too crazy. Yeah, some people get a week, right? That's like the normal thing. BYU at least has given a day the last like three years, so that's nice. But that's right. You you haven't been um, too busy recently, it sounds like. Except, oh wait, you have been. Uh, walk us through the past <laughs> month when you first was it the East West Shrine game that you were initially invited to, and then it kind of built from there. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, I was a late invite to that. You know, I only had the NFL PA. Um, my agent got me into the East West. You know, so I found out probably two days before I flew out. I um, went to, went to that man. That was pretty crazy. Uh, that because that, that, that game was pretty intense too. You know, you stay up, you talk to all these coaches all night, and try to get some rest for practice the next day. Um, but but it went well. You know, um, I I, I um, managed to do it all. Um, and then I end up flying because that's in Florida. I end up flying back to San Diego when that was done. And then um, 
two days later, I get a call that, hey, you know, somebody got hurt. You know, you know, you're probably kind of the next guy that we're going to call. What's up? Blah, blah, blah. They gave me the story. I'm like, hey, no worries, man. I'll be out there. So they put me on the red eye. That's I think that's a, a Tuesday. And then they put me on the red eye. I sleep on the plane. I wake up. Right when I land, they take me straight to practice. And and that experience was pretty great, you know, being at the Reese's Bowl um, with all these great athletes, these guys going first, second, third round. These guys are some great – being around these great coaches, you know, I was able to be um, taught by some Fred's coaches at the 49ers. So it was good to see that. Um, and, then, no, it was just a good experience. I, I kind of tweaked my hamstring over there, but um, I, 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 I um, managed to get through um, that, that thing and then – and then I flew back and then got got busy. Got and I had to get going with training for for the combine, and um, and that and that process was just a whole other story. That's that's just a crazy process too. I think you need a spring break sleep day. Yeah, you CNA. need a day, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you yeah, think? It's been of, pretty wild. What do you think of all this attention? How do you handle uh, the increasing attention from uh, all of these different coaches and scouts and, and whatnot? Yeah, man, especially just the combine alone. You know, all the interviews you have is, is pretty intense. You know, I had 10 formals, and so you, you go in and try to put your best foot forward with all these head coaches and general managers. And, and um, something, you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, you're in a room with Elway and Jerry Jones, and they question you on all this stuff. But, um, you know, the few, I would say the few, the, the first minute, a couple seconds, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking, but then you kind of, you know, calm down and know, man, this is this is what you've been dreaming about your whole life, so just enjoy it. That's kind of, you know, been my mindset, and that's kind of what got me through. You know, I just had to calm down and just know I've been, wait- I've been waiting for this ride my whole life, so, yeah. So John Elway and Jerry Jones questioned you personally? They were in the room? Um, not Jerry Jones, Elway. Jerry Jones, he was in the room, but he didn't say anything. Um, but I'm just saying the big names I can remember that, that I met with, just, you know, seeing on television, Pete Carroll was really cool. Um, Sean Payton, you know, we talked about uh, uh, T. Hill for a minute before we started my meeting, but, you know, I talked to a lot. I'm just trying to think of all the coaches I talked to, but just, you know, I remember all the all the big names. Um, what was yeah. that like? And it was crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy. You know, you're in this room. They question you. They quiz you um, on, 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 your, on your playbook, you know, on game film that they were watching in the room at the time. Um, and... and Man, you just kind of enjoy it, you know. Um, you kind of just put your best foot forward, like I said, and, and then kind of be yourself and, and let them know who you are. So, so you know, if they're like that, you got you got to have a little swag to them. So, you know, I kind of just, you know, it, it, I just was myself the whole time, and, and I felt like I did well in all of them. So it was pretty great. BYU linebacker, NFL hopeful, Sione Takitaki with us on BYU Sports Nation. The NFL Combine has developed this reputation of asking random, albeit just wacky questions at times. What were some of the more out-of-the-box questions you were asked by these guys through the interview process? You know what? I was waiting to have, like I said, I had 10 of them, but all of them, I they didn't, they didn't really – you know, cuss me out, curse me out. They didn't really, you know, do anything out of the ordinary. You know, right when I got in, um, you know, then we would just started talking about, you know, how I grew up, you know, if I was raised by both of my parents, um, how I got to BYU, and then we went straight into, you know, playbook, or then if they wanted to get me on the whiteboard and see if I know my X's and O's and um, 
and uh, some teams would um, pull up a play or two, and they would teach me quickly and then um, talk about my life. And then the last two minutes of the meeting, they wanted me to um, see if I can draw it up of what they taught me. Um, but I, I was waiting. You know, I was preparing my mind and, and everything for, for a coach to, to, to give me all these crazy questions or – or um, curse me out or something like that. So just be mentally ready. But um, I, di- I didn't get I didn't I didn't get the crazy answers or stuff. I was well. I was let, thinking of. Let's ask you one of those then. Um, so, w- what kind of tree would you be if you were a tree, Sione? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I was with some other guys I was training with, and I remember uh, one of them coming out. And he was like, "Man, dude, all they did was just curse me out and try to see if I was soft." They kept saying if I was soft and. I don't know. I was, I was, I was ready, but that's that's funny you guys say that. But yeah, I know there's a bunch of crazy stuff there. Yeah. No, but really, what tree would you be? <laughs> uh, that'd be an oak tree. An oak tree. Okay. Why? Yeah. Um, this is strong. Good answer, there you go. That's good. Okay, you uh, passed our weird uh, question okay, test, yeah, man. That, yeah. No one asked yeah, you there. You got, we got to ask you at some point. Yeah. Hey, we're a couple <laughs> of weeks from uh, BYU's pro day. You put up great numbers at the Combine. You have been showing out through all of these different senior games. What do you want to accomplish? What do you feel like you have to accomplish at the Pro Day to further your resume before draft day? i I, I, I got to continue to do good um, in, in the position work. You know, I do the position work at the end. Uh, I want to look smooth, look fast, um, high energy. Um, yeah. I would say I just want to. I want to move smooth. Show show whoever's there. It's going to be there at pro day that I can that I can move. Um, that what they saw in combine is is me. So um, yeah. Is this I'll kind of that. the is this kind of the Fred Warner approach where you don't do the bench, you don't run the forty, but you, you just do position work, or, or are you going to do some of the events? No, so I, I'm just going to do the position work as and I feel comfortable with like with all my numbers and stuff. Um, I probably can do the three cone or something like that, but um, you know, as a, you know, people are just saying, "Hey, just you know, just do the position work at the end." So that's kind of what I'm going to do. Yeah. What are you most proud of from your numbers at the NFL Combine? Um, my broad jump because I was only getting about like a ten two, ten three, and I was like, "Man, I want a ten five. If I can do a ten five, I'll be." And then, boom, I, I, I get there, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's my second jump. I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted. So I was really happy about that. Do you feel like at this point, Sione, straight up, you will be drafted? Yeah, I feel like, I, you know, I'm confident that I will be drafted. I just don't know what round, you know. It can it can be the third or it can be the seventh. I, I, I don't, so, um, you know, I feel like my name will be called. It will be pretty cool. I don't care if it's, it's the last pick, but it'll be really cool to hear my name be called some of my double jingo. So, um, but you know, if I do go undrafted, I, I'm gonna just take it on the chin and keep working like I've always been. So, no biggie with there. Well, you've flown up the Senior Bowl circuit. You went to the combine. We're looking forward to pro day. By the way, two weeks from today on BYU TV. I'm sure we'll talk with you then. Uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. For the next two weeks, stay healthy, uh, be your best self, and we look forward to uh, seeing you in two weeks, Sione. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Here's to oak trees, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Our thanks to Sione Takitaki for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He says, if I go undrafted, I'll keep working. He's going to get good. drafted. I think he'll be drafted. He's going to get Which, drafted. Uh, I thought Corbin Kafusi was BYU's best NFL prospect. It's become Sione Takitaki. And so it's been cool to see him uh, fly up the draft boards. Very nice. Coming up, how in the world did BYU men's volleyball come back down 0-2 to UCLA with the third string setter? We'll ask the man, Brody Ernest. What's the chance BYU basketball is invited to the NIT? Give me a number. The NIT bracketologist John Templin joins us next with the answer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's hope it's not zero. BYU Sports Nation fans, Spencer and Jerem here. We've stepped outside of our usual studio B to visit the set of a brand new BYU TV show called Dinner Takes All. It's a one-of-a-kind family game show that takes cooking to a whole new level. It's got games, it's got food, it's got friendly competition. Basically everything you enjoy about sports too. So make sure to tune in to the series premiere of Dinner Takes All next week only on BYU TV. If you like last night in the Smithfield House, you're going to like tomorrow night as well. Number nine, BYU men's volleyball host number six, Pepperdine, tomorrow night on BYU TV and the app at 9 Eastern time if BYU wins. The Cougars will be in sole possession of second place by half a game in the MPSF. Another yeah. big one. Can't wait for BYU to be down two sets to none and losing 13-7 Hope, in the third set, Jerem. Because that... Yeah, the chances to win in that would be really low. It was super easy on every BYU coach, fan, supporter, you know. Fun long night, man. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling with today's headlines. BYU spring football at the midway point. Just in time for spring break day. Quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick doesn't have Zach Wilson throwing, but he does have three other quarterbacks, Jaron Hall, Joe Critchlow, and Baylor Romney. What do you think about those three competing in the spring? And Jaron, I thought, had a really good day, and Joe made a couple of nice plays as well. And Baylor does something every day that just keeps him in the mix. He's a, he's a super athlete, super athletic kid, and uh, so he's, he's intriguing. The Cougars are most certainly enjoying their one-day break. Spring day? Is that what we call it? Yeah, spring probably. Day. Yeah. Practice resumes on Monday. They used to have no spring break of any kind. Something so, is better than nothing. You know, maybe one day it'll be too We didn't so get spring break day. <laughs> Back in our day at Brigham. Number nine, BYU men's volleyball, as mentioned, beat number four UCLA in five sets, 17-15 after trailing 2-0, and then 13-7 in the third set. Third string setter Brody Ernest entered the match. Things changed. It got crazy. Uh, that was UCLA's first loss in conference, by the way. And they've lost a lot against BYU in a row. That'll be our stat of the day later. BYU host number six Pepperdine tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Now that's Aussie Antonetti Volleyball. Uh-huh. Thanks, Billy. BYU Baseball drops the West Coast Conference opener 4-2 in Pro Bowl against Gonzaga in 11 innings. Game two between the Cougars and Zags tonight at 8 Eastern. They'll wrap the three-game series tomorrow at 3 Eastern. You can listen to both games live on BYU Radio. And number 14, BYU Gymnastics regular season finales tonight as they host the Southern Utah Flippin' Birds. I'm not trying to be funny. That's the actual nickname, okay? On senior night for Cheyenne Hill and Natasha Marsh. Watch it on BYU TV in the app, 90 Eastern Hey, Southern Utah coming on strong. They're ranked number 25. Yeah. BYU trying to hold on in that uh, top 15 category. Moments ago, John Templin just updated his NIT bracketology, and he still has BYU as a seven seed, two spots out. Sweet. Sorry, two spots the in, if that makes sense. They are one of the last four in 
Is that a thing in the NIT? Should we Wouldn't do that? Wouldn't they be five through eight as a seven because they're eight seeds? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. John Temple from Mid-Major Madness joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to discuss. Hey, John. What's up, Hi, man? John. Hey, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. We're just uh, excited that BYU is still somehow in the convo to make the NIT. <laughs> they're hanging on, right? Yes, um, sir. Well, we'll see after today, though. Um, I have a feeling that today might be a bloodbath for the automatic bid kind of team, so we'll see. Yeah, that's the thing. They need all of the right pieces to fall into place. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule, and uh, we'll dive into the nitty-gritty of uh, who BYU fans are rooting for and who they're rooting against and all that stuff as we progress through the weekend. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, man. Live good, television was, is amazing, isn't it? Well, that wasn't live. That was Dave. <laughs> but uh, that was some insight into what the conversation was like before the interview. <laughs> There's, there are no secrets in Studio B. And here's the question. Are we, okay, we'll air the interview in a sec. Yeah, is we'll that what we're we'll doing? Get, we'll get to okay. it in a moment. Yep. So uh, the, we talked to him about uh, BYU's chances in the NIT, and here's that conversation. Yes. And it's not ready yet. At some okay. point in so, the next uh, so while, 24 while, minutes, While we wait for this to get queued up, Jerem, I think BYU, okay, let, let, we're going to ask him what's the chance BYU gets into the NIT. Like, if you had to give it a percentage, what would you say? I don't know or care. You don't even care? No, not really. Really? No, because if they get in, great. If they don't, whatever. I, I, one thing I'm not going to do is NIT bracketology. Okay, that's his job. Being in the NIT <laughs> wouldn't make you feel better at all about this basketball season. It depends what happens. If they go one and done, it, I would no, say no, it I'm wouldn't just saying help. Inclusion, I would say it in, inclusion in the NIT, regardless of result, I'm, I'm big on inclusion generally. But in the NIT, like you, you would need to win to feel anything positive. See, and I feel like if BYU gets into the NIT, then. That that is a positive sign for what they did in the back half, especially in conference play. Yeah, it's it's something. It's another game. They've lost three of four and lost by twenty three in the last game. I don't feel good about anything with that. Okay, we have uh, <clears throat> consulted with the Deli Gnome, and we he, have? he has told us that the interview with John Templin is ready to roll. John, what's working for and against the BYU basketball team and their NIT hopes right now? Yeah, well, what's working for BYU is that home win over Utah State. That's obviously the key part of their resume. Um, having a quadrant one win really helps them against some of the kind of the other teams further down the bubble in uh, the NIT. Uh, what's working against them is the fact that we don't know how many teams are going to get automatic bids into the uh, into the tournament still. And for those who don't know, what happens is that any number one seed in a one bid conference that loses in its conference tournament gets an automatic bid to the NIT. And there's still a lot of those to be handed out. 32 teams. BYU's been to this tournament the last three seasons. Three years ago, BYU went all the way to the semifinals. They've won this tournament a long time ago. I made the case earlier if the NIT wants the, the champs from way back in the day, 51 and 66, they've got them in BYU. But it's all about this season, right? So what do you think of BYU's resume as it stands and the real opportunity to actually get into the NIT when the dust settles Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on a lot of outside factors, unfortunately. BYU is obviously done playing basketball, and their resume is good, but it's not 
great, and it's, it's very bubbly for an NIT team in terms of only having that one Q1 win and then also um, having four kind of Q3 losses, which are those kind of not very good ones, uh, mostly on the road uh, for BYU, for instance, at Weber State and Illinois State. Uh, and those are the kind of things that are kind of holding them back right now. And it'll really come down to those automatic bids because if there, if none get taken, then BYU would probably get in. But otherwise, it's going to be tough. Follow John Templin on Twitter at NYBuckets, a contributor for Mid-Major Madness of SB Nation, talking BYU basketball and their NIT hopes right now. John, when you look at specific teams that BYU absolutely should root for, is there anybody that we should be paying attention to over the weekend? Uh, I mean, all of those small conference teams, uh, the ones that I think are in the most peril are teams like Old Dominion and Conference USA or the Norfolk State and the MEAC, um, or even, you know, teams out west like New Mexico State and UC Irvine are two that, you know, need to win. Uh, and so I would think that those are the teams that BYU fans should be rooting for. And the other thing is, like, I would, if I'm a BYU fan, uh, I don't want to see local Utah Valley go too far in the WAC tournament either because they're definitely one of those at-large bid competitors. So just to clarify, smaller conference regular season champions, BYU fans are hoping go on to win that auto bid in the conference tournaments, correct? Exactly, yep. We want Chuck. Absolutely. We want Chuck. We want Chuck. Um, St. Mary's uh, probably created a spot in the NIT by beating Gonzaga. They were probably going to be in the NIT. So that was an interesting one uh, of note to us uh, fans of the West Coast Conference, I guess. Yeah, St. Mary's uh, winning was obviously great for the West Coast Conference. They, I had them kind of as a two or three seed in the NIT and kind of off the bubble, but definitely going to make the NIT. And then they bumped themselves up. And, and what that does is it kind of moves everyone in the NCAA down a line. And, and that's what made maybe like a Florida or Indiana be right on the bubble right now. So, uh, yeah, St. Mary's, good for them playing their way in against Gonzaga. NIT bracketologist John Templin with us. How much does a brand name factor into the committee for the NIT selecting a team? Because everybody knows that BYU will sell tickets, whether they're playing at home or on the road. So when you have to compare teams that are on the very edge, how much of it comes down to resume? And then how much of it is, hey, who's going to draw eyeballs and sell tickets? Yeah, so the NIT committee, which has been run by the NCAA for a little more than a decade now, has said that they don't consider it. But um, there's definitely that consideration when it comes to hosting, but I don't know so much in terms of selection around the bubble as much. Um, So teams that want to host definitely have a better chance of hosting. But I think in terms of selection, they really try to pick the teams they think are best, although that sometimes disagrees with what I think, and it's quite possible, you know, that a team on the bubble like a BYU or a Wichita State or some of the Pac-12 teams could get in when I don't think they will. Okay, let's finish with this. As we like to play a little game on the show, we called what we call it What's the Chance, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. John, what's the chance BYU gets an NIT bid Sunday? Uh, I put it at about, like, 25%. Okay, 25. I, I think BYU fans will take that. Right now, I don't, I don't think they're going to get in, but I'll, I'll take a 25% chance. <laughs> it's better, better than the um, alternative. John, we leave. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm using the fact that, you know, there will probably be some spots taken up, but not too many, and then there's a chance that I'm wrong, basically. <laughs> hey, hey, John, we leave this conversation actually feeling a little bit better about BYU's chances to get into the NIT, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. 
We appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, good luck with the NIT Bracketology. We'll talk to you again later. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. John Templin on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline earlier today. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. All right. Let's go to break, my friend. Coming up, how in the world did BYU men's volleyball come back down 2-0 to number four UCLA to win in five sets? We'll ask Brody Ernest, who came off the bench to lead the Cougars to victory. Not your typical night for the kid that hasn't even been on campus for a year. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Batcats look to rebound after a Game 1 extra inning loss to Gonzaga at Miller Park last night. Game 2 of the three-game series is tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What is the most impressive streak in the history of BYU athletics? Jeremy, what do we have in on the Twitter machine? Uh, we have at Jelly Belly Kelly, women's volleyball to the Sweet 16 for the last seven seasons, especially considering how many teams there are in women's volleyball. Mm-hmm. Broncos teams always going to a bowl game is also of note. Oh, yeah, 12 years in a row. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. He helped BYU pull out the biggest comeback since Lazarus, as voiced by Jerem Jordan last night, the play-by-play voice of BYU. His name is Brody Ernest, men's volleyball center. Brody, welcome What's to up, Studio Brody? B. How the okay. last 12 hours been for you, man? Hectic. Rough to, I mean, tough to sleep last night. I couldn't even fall asleep. Woke up early. It's been good. It's been fun. It's been a dream. What time did you finally fall asleep? <sighs> Maybe like 1.30-ish. Yeah? Wasn't even on my phone. Just trying to sleep. I couldn't. It was, <laughs> it's been fun. Okay, let's talk about this. This is our, this is our first conversation. Yeah. It's nice to meet you, brother. Yeah, let's shake you. hands. Yeah, Hello. Good to meet you. Uh, <laughs> I, I pride myself on getting to know you know most of the team, but I, we hadn't conversed. You were the third string setter like two weeks ago. Cyrus Falogo gets a cramp in his left calf in that second set. You come into the match. Mm-hmm. At that point, BYU's down. Uh, you end up going down two. Um, what's going through your mind at that point in the match before the magic starts to happen? Um, at that point, I'm just I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I've been waiting for my time to get in, to play, and it's not a big deal that we're down. I mean, it's not the end of the game. It's not over till it's over, so... It wasn't the ideal situation to come into, per se, right? Like, as a relief pitcher, bases loaded or something. But um, you made it happen. Like, what changed in that match for, for the team, for you? Um, I don't know if a whole lot changed. My job, I just told the guys that I would do my job, put the ball where it needs to be, and they were confident that I'd do my job. And we started clicking, started rolling, and then we started enjoying ourselves and having fun, and great game. At what point did you feel like, Oh, my gosh, we might actually win this thing. Um, beginning of the third game. I was That early? Yeah. You still went down 13-7 in that set. Yeah. So, so at that point, it was like, I said on the air, I go, man, the wheels are off right now. And it felt like, yeah, this is probably over. But it wasn't over, and that's the beauty of it. So how did you prepare yourself for that moment? Because that was quite a moment. Um, well, I actually came into last game versus UCI when I was told to warm up. I was told to warm up, told I was going to get in, and, man, my stomach was churning, super nervous, and I didn't end up getting in. So when I was told to warm up last night, all the nerves were gone. I was just ready to go and get in and make it happen. Ooh, so maybe against UCI that helped you. Oh, yeah, I totally okay. thought I did, yeah. Interesting. You've got a fascinating story of how you got to BYU and into this position last night. So how did you end up at BYU playing volleyball last night against UCLA? 
Well, I mean, I was at UVU last year. Um, didn't play in the spring. Decided to play volleyball in the fall for fun because I had the time to. And just went on a couple preseason tournaments with the team and then got a call from Sean in December saying, hey, let's, let's try and figure some things out, see if we can get you playing here. And then next thing you know, I'm playing for BYU, living the dream. <laughs> and playing against UCLA yeah. and coming back. I mean, the Smithfield House is a very special place to play. Describe to us what it was like last night, uh, especially when you won, and when kind of the momentum swung. When the momentum swung and the, the crowd was getting into it, it was loud, just happy. I mean, all the players started getting excited, playing well. And it was just something I've dreamed of since I started playing the game. So it was unreal. It was good. What was the conversation like in the huddle before set number five when you had come back to win two and you dominated in the fourth set? And you know, okay, first to 15 or a few more points in yeah. the case of last night. But what, what was that conversation like? Conversation. Well, so Taylor Richards, our libero, kept telling us after each game that we kept get playing better and better. He said, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And so all of us vibed around that and called believe as our um, in the huddle. And then we believed and we just gave it a little bit more and we came out on top. It was fun. And the crowd really helped, too. There's this one guy in the uh, rock, the Roar of the Cougar student section. He seems to just blow a gasket yes. every time a guy oh, yeah. goes back to serve. We've got some video of him. Um, <laughs> describe what it's like to have that kind of backing, literally, behind sometimes the opposing server there. <laughs> this guy in the sweatshirt's awesome. I mean, I would notice him a couple times after plays, and he would just be losing his mind up there, and then him losing his mind makes the rest of the crowd lose their mind, and it's just, it's contagious. I'm pretty sure he popped a blood vessel last night. Oh, yeah, I mean. All worth it. So worth it. So good. And then I noticed that um, this wasn't new to last night, but you're like the post-match hype guy, maybe pre, too. Yeah. Um, Last night was probably a little more special. It was was pretty exciting. We're looking at some pictures of you. uh, You amped, man. Describe to us, uh, I guess, when you embraced that role. I mean, I didn't know that I was going to be taking on that role coming in, but when I saw the opportunity, I wanted to be that guy because that's all I could be doing at the time, wasn't playing yet. Um, And being that guy, I love it. I eat it up. I can't wait for more of it. And it just, I feel like it brings the team together and gets them going. Hey, we're going to vibe around the just a little bit more idea as well. Just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Because we've got a little bit more of the show, so we're going to try and finish at a high level. All right. We'd like to give you a little bit more with the BYU Sports Nation karma. Good luck that we give you take on Pepperdine tomorrow. You'll have to ask your teammates about it. You can ask Mike about it, your assistant coach, you can ask Sean Olmstead about it. They'll tell you all about the the real thing. You're suddenly going to be better than you were. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and you played pretty well. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, uh, well, one key to win against Pepperdine tomorrow. I, I know you guys will dig in later today, but another tough match. Yeah, another tough match, but, I mean, we're ready. Um, we're excited, and I think just a little bit more playing together as a team and, I mean, remembering why we play the game. And one point at a time, the game's not over until it's over. So play together as a team, and we'll make it happen. Brody, great stuff. Congratulations on uh, coming in last night, and let's make the visit official to Studio B by having you sign our Sailor Coog flag uh, just behind your right shoulder, if you don't mind. All right, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Redshirt freshman, UVU, former football basketball player, now the setter. Awesome. Decided right. to play story. volleyball in the yeah. fall for fun. Hey, good thing, man. Last night was nuts. Coming up, bad cats, mad cats, flipping birds, it's all in the whip. A loaded whip around happens next. Let's uh, vibe around. Finishing strong. Hey, just a little bit more. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's go.
A four-guest day for spring break. Shout out to all of them. Alex Jensen, Sione Takitaki, John Templin, and Brody Ernest. If you missed any of a loaded show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Didn't have time for a certain someone, Dennis Pitta, despite the time for four other guests. So let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Tennis. Number 25 men's tennis host Pacific today in two hours. St. Mary's tomorrow, 1 Eastern. BYU's won nine in a row. The women's team hosts Portland as we speak. Track and field. Both men and women's outdoor tennis teams begin the outdoor season this weekend with meets in Las Vegas and Tucson. Those climates are nice, I hear. Softball. Lost to number six, Tennessee, 14-2. BYU takes on Texas twice and Tennessee again this weekend. Good luck. Soccer. They will have their revenge, or we hope. BYU women's soccer back in Las Vegas as well to play UNLV tomorrow as part of the spring schedule at 4 Eastern. Then they'll take on CSUN at 7 Eastern. And no, it's not Cal State Northridge. It's CSUN. What they want. Today's rise and shout-outs. For me, go to the crazy kid in the rock. I don't know what his name is. He's wearing a sweatshirt, and he is behind Micah Ma of UCLA right now. He's blowing a blood vessel in his head. And, And wouldn't you know it, on more than one occasion in set number five, the server faulted into the net or went long, and he went even crazier after that happened. If you know his name, get it to us at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYU Wesson. For right now, he's just the crazy kid in the rock. My rise and shout-out goes to Brody Ernest. He was the third-string setter 13 days ago. Now he's the hero against UCLA. Amazing. Utah Valley transfer, went on a mission to the Philippines. Be ready for your time because you never know when it's going to show up. Greatest birthday present ever, maybe, for Sean Olmstead. Olmstead. Yeah. And Brody was hyped, man. He was hyped. I like it. We'll see if he starts tomorrow night. He may. BYU's won 15 matches in a row against UCLA and Provo. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. What's the most impressive streak in the history of BYU sports? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. Our shutout record that went on for ages until Urban Meyer waltzed into town with his golden-toed kicker and booted it out the door in the snow. How is this the elite tweet of the day? This, might be is, the, this might, is the worst That might be the worst tweet, tweet we've ever done. in the done. history of the Conversation show. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. That one got past the goal. And I'm just angry. Come on, man. Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ryan Millar. We'll see you tonight for gymnastics at 9 Eastern.